Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I am your host Chris Gallagher and I'm joined as always by Louis McCaffrey. Yep, I'm always here. Always here. Um, Keith McGinty, RG. Good evening Christopher. You seem to be making quite a regular occurrence, this is delightful. Thanks very much, it's good to see you again. Cracking stuff. We've got a debut from Kieran Caw. Yeah, nice to be here. Good to hear from you. Um, he's wearing a crack in um, Celtic. What year is that from again? I think it is 96. 96. Um, it's the green and yellow one. We'll tweet a picture out later. Not of your face, because you clearly <laughs> don't want your face to be tweeted out. That sounded really offensive. <laughs> Did I? He's got a terrific face. Um, we all have terrific faces. Yeah, bad start. <laughs> 37 seconds in there. Should I just start again? <laughs> no, let's let's keep on. Let's trip on. Um, I can confirm that Kieran bought uh, Jaffa Cakes and Maryland Biscuits. What was your thought process, Kieran? Well, I was going to bring a couple of chocolate eclairs, which I love. But, yeah, I was going to bring an assortment of biscuits, but I thought that was a wee bit of a cop-out. Yeah, ah, you're strong so, aye, so I seen the Jaffa Cakes... I mean, I don't know if that's how you bit a is it a cake, is it a biscuit? Do you know what you've brought you've already brought debate. So Ah it's debate. It's already brought debate. Is that a Twitter poll? Yeah. You put a lot more thought into the, the biscuit cake selection than I have ever done. And can I ask the, the, the tweet in with this answer. Um if you bring two sets of biscuits, is that in itself an assortment? Or would you need a third? Questions. It's an excellent question, I think. Um, we are the 90 Minute Cynic. We are um, on our own now. We've uh, cut all ties. Um, going into the grave frontier um, where no man's been... Well, it's a podcast, so doing podcast stuff. But no, we're on our own now, so we are on iTunes. If you could subscribe and like us on iTunes, leave a comment. Um, See if you've went out your way to resubscribe to our new channel from... Now we're not with Hail Hail Media. This is probably the worst first couple of minutes of a podcast you've ever heard, but I promise you it's going to get better. I, I like it. I think it's good. I'm going to put an effort to make sure we go upwards from this point. Yeah, we got down to um, ninth in the UK um, sport podcast charts last week, and um, in all seriousness, it's an amazing achievement. Um, debuted I, at number nine. Debuted at number nine. I'll be honest, I think it was all down to me, so... I don't know if I need you guys anymore, frankly. <laughs> Although, according to the huddle board, <laughs> they hate me. They fucking hate me. And they're right to, because I just like myself a lot. Uh, but we got down to 38 overall. We beat Mark Marin. WTF, am I right? Because that's the name of his show. Um, but yeah, so that was quite interesting. And we genuinely do appreciate anyone who just even listens casually. Um, but if you are, if iTunes is your thing, if you can use, um, if you can subscribe as well. What are some of the other platforms, Luke? Because I, I can't actually quite remember. That's a question. Um, we are on uh, Spreaker, obviously. Yeah. Um, Stitcher is a thing, I'm told. <laughs> um, what other ones? Loads of other ones. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> Yeah. One thing I thought you would have known, <laughs> like I thought he'll roll them off. No, if you've got a podcast, uh, whether you're Android or uh, Apple, if you have a podcast app that you use, we should be on it now. So we're kind of covered on both kind of areas. 
great stuff we've got some interesting um, stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks possibly something very interesting on Thursday um, but we'll, we'll let you know via probably via Twitter Twitter um, we're also on Facebook facebook.com slash 90 minute cynic um, yeah let's just start so later on in the podcast we're going to have Dan O'Hagan um, we had a chat with Dan earlier but due to awesome editing it'll seem like it's actually in the middle when we've already done it Totally seamless. Seamless. Although me saying it now, is this meta? Have I ruined it? Have I to pretend that it's not happened? Aye. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm sure Dan will be great. No, Dan's ter- t- absolutely terrific. Um, and we asked some really in- insightful questions. And uh, yeah, have a listen to that. Okay, so what we want to do is we're, we're going to break the pod kind of down a little bit. We're going to look at yesterday's perfor- sorry Saturday's performance how we're doing overall, and um, then we're going to look ahead to the Bruce Mention Gladback, and also we have a game on Sunday, which we've all kind of overlooked a little bit, um, the two-week break from the international duty as well, I've been chomping at the bit to get involved and just talk about Celtic, so... Especially considering it's on Sunday, and there's been no hype, nothing, not a thing. Yeah, um, but we'll bring the hype. Hype man! Yeah, I'll be aye. And the reason it's hype is because it's a Scottish Cup semi final. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Yeah, we're in the semi final of a cup. And we've all Sorry. kind of forgotten about it. the League Cup. I said Scottish Cup there. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the game on Saturday. Celtic won two goals to nil against Motherwell. Kieran Cole was at it. Kieran, just yeah. your thoughts. It was a comfortable two nil win. Um, Mark McGee's comments on a Friday night saying we expect. To go there and lose. Did he say that? But hopefully not as much as the last time, i.e. 7 0 and 5 0. So you're thinking then Motherwell have no chance. Yeah. And that's how it turned out to be. They offered nothing up front. Gordon wasn't tested no. at all. Um, the defence, not tested. If it wasn't for Craig Sampson, we could have won easily at 5 or 6. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I thought we. I'm sorry, I just took a bit of a jammy dodger. Um, I thought we absolutely dominated. Um, who kind of stood out for you? What, what what sort of player was the... Forrest and Tierney, probably... I couldn't pick between them for man of the match. Forrest, last season, he's... The problem, obviously, consistency and injuries. He sorted that out. He can take players on. He's smarter. The same as Tierney in the final third. Smarter with the ball. Um, Tierney as well playing nice one twos with Dembele and Sinclair and obviously he's amazing dribble which what can you say what can you say um, Tierney I mean that's funny thing I, when I was watching the game I was kind of discussing with my dad um, and my dad's like oh who do you think should get man of the match and I said well they can't give it to Tierney every week do you know what I mean? Because Tierney's <coughs> level of performance every week is almost man of the match level. He's had 12 man of the match awards by the official Celtic website in 53 games. 12 in 53 games? They'll that, shut down there, Chris. That's sensational. And, you know, I mentioned this at the beginning of the season, that at this time last year, Tierney wasn't in the squads, mm-hmm. let alone in the actual first team. So, and I remember we, we on this um, very podcast, we debated whether it would be to his detriment to put him in against Fenerbahce um, and you think about you think about it now Kieran Kieran Tierney is one of the greatest assets we have and I don't mean asset from a money point of view I just mean from a footballing point of view Keith you were at the game as well um, what was your kind of thoughts on just yeah what was your kind of thoughts on the game overall yeah thoroughly enjoyed it we dominated throughout the, the match 
Um, I was watching the highlights again just before I came out tonight, and I think it was only the one half chance that Motherwell really created that I can remember from the game. Um, Tierney was fantastic. Going forward, he seems to have a really good understanding with Sinclair. Um, I'd watched Match of the Day a couple of weeks ago, and it was, it was the um, the attacking play from the the wing backs for Man City. How they were pushing up, but they were inside. Yeah. Um, and Kieran Tierney was doing the, the same. It was kind of forcing Sinclair to go out a wee bit outside. He liked to drift inside, but it kept their defenders occupied at all times. They didn't really know who was going to be where, who they should be covering, who they should be marking, and we cut them cut them to shreds several times. Um, I was really impressed with Forrest and Tierney, as Kieran said, but um, I also liked uh, another great display from Moussa Dembele. Um, at times he was dropping a wee bit deep, trying to link up the play, and he was doing it well, but that's not where Rodgers wants them to be. Um, I saw Rodgers actually having a go at him, telling him to get back into the middle to be that target man and stay in the centre, which was, was great because that's where we need our focal point to be. Yeah. He was desperate for a goal, he was taking lots of chances, maybe try to force it a wee bit, um, but he kept going and we saw that in the second half with the award of the penalty. It looked like a total nothing ball. I think Jozo was was coming forward, passed it to Brown. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a slack pass, and uh, Brown knocked it forward. I thought it was it was gone. He managed to get through. He managed to get through, um, and it was uh, just reward for his determination to get that penalty. It was great to see. Chris has a house phone. Apparently, that's the first time I've ever heard his house phone go. But there you go. Um, let's just. Adlib over the top. Have you? Aye. What about yourself, Lloyd? Did you see much of the game? Well, actually, I only saw the second half, um, I, and I watched it today um, because I recorded it on cassette. No, nothing illegal. Um, <laughs> so I watched the second half, and I'll be honest. Mostly, I watched Liam Henderson because obviously Liam Henderson came into the team. Bit of a surprise. I didn't. I don't think many people expected him to play. Um, he came in. Gamboa came in. Uh, Armstrong came in, but I was really just—I really wanted to see how Henderson would kind of cope with the game because I have ridiculously high hopes for him, and I—I I was kind of getting a bit worried there that it, what he wasn't going to get his chance, that it just wasn't going to happen. Jenkins um, now ahead of. Um in terms of uh, like McGregor, do you think he's now ahead in the pecking order, or no? I, I don't. I don't know about that yet. I think. I think he put him in because he hasn't really been given a chance yet. McGregor has, and I think he really just wanted to see what he was all about. Uh, uh, Henderson said after the game that he'd he actually knew he was going to be in this, the he was going to be starting the game um, before before he duty. went for the international duty, which was which was quite. Good because I mean, from a man management point of view, that's quite good to good see from, psychology, yeah, from yeah. Rogers. But watching him, I, I thought he was good. I thought he was he was tidy, as we've called him uh, many a times. I called him that. Yep, um, he was tidy. He, I don't really remember him giving the ball away that much. Um, I only saw the second half again, so I, I can't vouch for the, the first half. But he he didn't dwell on the ball like Beaton can. He took it in his feet and got it got it out again. Kept kept the ball moving the only thing I would say that I would like him because he was really the the pivot 
if you want to call if we want to go down that road. I still don't know what that is. No. You could sit and explain right. it to me. He's I don't the, like it. He's the pivot, right? Okay. So he, he, he the the play is more or less going through him, and he wasn't really tasked with going forward much, um, although he did a couple of times. <clears throat> but I would like to see him try and really dictate a wee bit more and really command the ball. When you think of like some say Javi, he was probably the best at it. Mm-hmm. And then, but when he passed the ball, he would almost pass it and then move towards it again, happy to take it back. Yeah. And he'd keep you know a metronome going from side to side. To, and I'd I'd kind of like to see him just maybe be a wee bit braver and say, no, I, I'm the one that's doing this job. Give the ball back to me and really demand it a bit more. But I think that will come. Obviously, it will, it will come. Um, Kieran, what are your kind of thoughts on um, Henderson? Do you think he's going to get the opportunities? I think for domestic games, I but for going forward in the Champions League, I can't see him displacing Beaton or being ahead of Armstrong, even McGregor in the pecking order. I thought on Saturday, Motherwell targeted him um, and he was put off his stride a little bit. About three or four times, I thought, yeah, I, some really bad fouls, uh-huh. actually. Fucking Lasley, 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 is mm-hmm. still allowed to play football, I don't know, but sorry. But he had a great game on Saturday. Um, he's, as I said, I don't think he can go forward, beat on, he can't push him out of the team yet. Yeah. But balls into the box again, obviously, we know if he hibs, he can cross the ball in. Delivery's excellent, yeah. On Saturday... I think he was quite unlucky as well, but I he's a he's a, he's a decent decent player, yeah. a decent player. Nothing great. I don't think he can go and be the next Scott Brown or anything like that. But for going forward, mm-hmm. yeah. See the way the way I see it is. Um, by the way, if anyone was asking, um, that was my mum. She's asking if, if I had How is she? space in my freezer. She's terrific. She was asking for you, Keith. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so I have to phone her back. Space in the freezer for what? It was a bit ambiguous. I don't know. I have to phone her back after. I hate some uh, steak. Somebody's been whacked. I'll uh, I'll I'll tweet out results tomorrow um, of what she wanted to move. Um, in terms of Henderson, though, like, see, Henderson's a guy who I think he we've mentioned before he's very tidy on the ball. As Kieran says, there he's he, he's good, he's comfortable. He's at a kind of weird crossroads because he's I, I would be comfortable with him in the Scottish League. Wouldn't be comfortable with him in the Champions League. Wouldn't necessarily even be comfortable in the UEFA Cup at this point, but to get him that experience, what do you do? I mean, were you comfortable do, with Kieran Tierney going in when he? It's a know. different position. Left back, central midfield is where games yeah. are won and lost. It's the biggest responsibility you could have. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable putting any youngster in um, in a big game. This group is horrendous that we've got in terms of quality. You don't want to put him in a, into a game where. He loses all, you know. He, he thinks to himself, oh, "I'm not at this level." Yeah. No, no, that, that, that's that's fair enough. I don't think anybody would expect him to start the game but midweek. What you, what, but what about what about, for example, the game of the weekend, cup semi final? I mean, he's obviously had the cup experience last year. We need to win that so much in terms of to put ghosts of the past to bed and just to put one over on put people in their place. Um, which we'll get to. It's an interesting, it's an interesting yeah. kind of dichotomy. But sorry, Keith. No, just um, going what you were saying there about not playing him in Europe. We've seen with McGregor, who's had a couple of slack passes in Europe that has cost his goals um, previously, and it can sort of affect him. It affects your confidence. I think. Uh-huh. I thought at the weekend um, the role that he had to do 
where he was screening the back four and pressing where possible. He did that very, very well. Um, I, I see. I see a lot of good things in Henderson. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to get the opportunity. I hope I'm wrong again. Um, also comes to the fact of is he is he good enough or do we want him to be good enough? You know, there's a certain cry for I want this type of player to play at Celtic Park because he's a tidy, quality-looking midfielder. Will he be able to do it consistently? Will he be allowed to? Because we we cry out for we cry out for youngsters to be given the opportunity. Um, Kieran Tierney is a shining light, but Kieran Tierney does, Kieran Tierney's don't come along, you know. And that's been a problem position for us, the left back, for a number of years. Yeah, he was. He came in when we were desperate, desperately needing him. He's a Gary who went totally off the boil. But players like Henderson, um, a couple of the other ones, McGregor, O'Connell, we should be giving them a wee bit more game time in the Scottish League. Yeah, because uh, I'll tell you something. When James, um, sorry James, John McGinn came off the bench for Scotland at the weekend um, against Dingy, and his first touch was a defence splitting pass straight through to Griffiths. And now John McGinn couldn't necessarily play the position that Henderson's playing, but. This is nothing other than I want to sign John McGinn. Actually, we've completely just. Oh, I want to sign John McGinn any day of the week. <laughs> Terrific. Um, you said we didn't miss Bitton, um, and you know what? I didn't even realise he wasn't playing until you know about ten or fifteen minutes into the game. Like, oh, Bitton's not there. Um, I think that's obviously because of the Scottish League. You know, and you know when you're up against Keith Lasley, you know it doesn't take not technically hard to necessarily get away from him because well, he's I th- fucking rampaging. I think Beaton was out because he maybe had a wee bit of a knock, did he not? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's training again. Ah. Um, him and Lustig are, um, they say they should be ready for Wednesday, but that brings me to Gamboa. Keza, I don't know if that's, has anyone ever nicknamed you that? No, but we'll go with it. No, we won't, we'll go with something you want. What was your nickname? Your oh, well, you can't pick your own nickname. Oh, come on. What? I've, 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 I've given Kieran Harn about five nicknames that Kieran related, so help me out here. <laughs> no, no, go for that. Demon call you anything? No, Coy. No. Thing? I've never had a nickname either in my life until I met you. Yeah, I give everyone nicknames. It's weird. That's your job. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, Keza. So, <laughs> Gamboa dots. I don't think he was tested enough defensively to make a judgment on that because Motherwell felt so poor going forward. Um, as we know, he's fast. Yeah. Yeah. And he was good going forward, but again, it's, a, it's we've not seen enough film to make a judgment. Well, see, that is the point. I don't think we have made. Um, we have seen enough of him at this stage in the season. In terms of when he's came in from, is that worrying? The fact that we've not seen him. Do you know what worries me? What? I got a horrible feeling. He's pish. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I. Kinda. I've got a horrible feeling he's just the right-sided version of Izagiri. That's exactly what I thought. Um, like, a, a guy who looks like he's just got two settings, like, standing and then super fast. <laughs> and he can't, can, there's not, no in-between. Like, you know what, Izzy, sometimes he'll just, he would run like a headless chicken. Yeah. I've got a feeling that that's, that's what Gamboa's going to turn into. I don't know if he's going to be the most tactically astute I think of Lustig. Lustig. Let's think. Hey, 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 hey. Let's just think about Lustig for a bit. Yeah, that was good. That was great. Um, he's uh, He just seems like a much more intelligent footballer in terms of his positioning and, you know, his passing and things. And 
to be fair, as we can't all really make a judgment, as we've just said. But he does look a wee bit like he's maybe maybe just a wee bit too keen to impress because he's only had a couple of games. But um, I mean, someone with well electric pace is brilliant. We want that, but we also want somebody who you know can do the defensive side and look solid and I, play I, a game plan. I would be worried if we were going into Wednesday with him as a right back. And that's no reflection on his overall ability. It's just because we don't know. Yeah. Um, there's a Derek at the boy Moz. Um, early days, I know, but is there really much difference between Gamboa and Janko? In my opinion, they look like pretty much the same player. Keith, Janko, let him go too soon. No, not for me. Um, he didn't offer anything going forward. Did we get up into those positions? But he would always turn back. He, he didn't know. Went across the ball, where to put the ball into? But the Manchester United fans were absolutely gutted when he left off Twitter. <laughs> That's what that was. It you? Somebody kept going. But the Man United fans were gutted when he left. But I think it was probably you. To be fair, <laughs> um, but um, already just on, on Saturday, it looked as if Gamboa was getting a good understanding with Forrest. Uh, he was laying the ball into Forrest's path so that he was able to run onto the ball. At the, I think they had a young left back that they were given a debut to yeah. as well, which was quite daunting for the boy. But um, no, they seemed to have a, a decent understanding. But like you said, they offered nothing going forward. I thought Forrest, as as Keenan kind of brought up at the start, was sensational. Um, Keenan, um, sorry, um, Forrest <laughs> was running with the ball and he had the ball in control the whole time. Close control as well. Close right? control. Um, and he, that's something he's not had for a long time. Um, and you're looking at him and you're thinking, what's what what has been done? I, I just don't know how he... I don't know how Rodgers has turned Forrest and Brown so round, um, round so much so quickly. Because we were... I mean, when Forrest got a new deal, Kieran, what did you think? Like a lot of people, you're disappointed. You think he can do it for two or three games and then you'll either get injured or he'll go off the boil. But I think with Rodgers, it's just certain wee tactical tweaks that, and it gives the players a better understanding of the game. I think it must be as simple as that. Yeah. I think I, I, I think simple is the word. I think he simplifies mm-hmm. a player's position so that they absolutely know what they've got to do. And in saying that, obviously... Different positions. I mean, it's not as if Forrest is kind of shown as that he's just a one-trick pony. Like he doesn't just do the same thing every time. But I think even daft things like knowing, like um, whether not the, whether cross the, defend- the ball into the, the center of the box, actually keep it on the deck, Aye. aim for the the penalty spot. Yeah, and and knowing that if there's nothing on, you don't have to force it. Yeah, just pass it, and we'll, we'll get it further further down the line. Little things like that. It has to be. It just has to be that. We knew that the talent was there, but now we really are seeing it. And I think, I think he's close to being first name in the team sheet, along with Tierney, along with Brown. The three of them and and Dembele, the four of them have to play. Um, how do you solve a problem like Roberts? It's tough. Um. Patrick Roberts came on again, um, 62nd minute, so he did have a good half an hour. Um, 20 he's, minutes. He's just... He's just um, he's just not in the groove yet. Um, what do you think it's down to? 
Hands, please. I want to. Is everyone got Personally, it? I think it's it's Armani's fault. You didn't, you didn't put your hand up. Sorry, I'll put my hand up. Okay, teacher. teacher. I know he's a teacher, eh? It's crazy. No hands on. No hands on. Um, I think it's down to Armani. Um, <laughs> well, that's your genuine. <laughs> genuinely think it is. Um, since since Armani's um, not been on the podcast, he'll be on hopefully again soon. But I think since they two have went away, it's he's went off the boil. I compared them to. Elliot and E.T. The flower is dying. I don't know what's happening either, Keir. Until, <laughs> until he comes back. Great I'm a wee bit tired. I'll, I'll be honest, this may be the last time you're on the fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, no, Robert... I th- do you know what? I think Roberts was the main man early in the season. He he was the first name in the team sheet. He was the, the person that was driving us on. And... He he has been quashed a little bit because player he's got two or three men on him every time he gets the ball. Again, that um, happened against Motherwell as well. That and he, and it does take players. I mean, it happened to McGeady all those years ago, and you do have to figure out a way of of working around it. Um, That's what makes that, you that, to that next level. Yeah, think, of yeah. course, and that will t- that will take him a bit of time. But um, at at the same point, there's also been. A number of other players, Brown, Sinclair, Dembele, Forrest, all these players that have gotten better in the time that he's been out of the team, to the point where he's not really the main man anymore. And I don't know if possibly that's a thing that he's got to kind of overcome in in his own head. That, you know, he wants to be, but he's not, he's maybe got to be more of a team player. Kieran, how how do you see the situation and what would you do about it? What can you remedy it with? I think is it. I think it might be down to his mentality. Roberts, as you were saying, is the main was the main man last season. Forrest has come in. Sinclair's come in. Has he got the mentality to actually push on and get his starting spot back? Um, that's the difference between a good player and a great player. Yeah. Is he there yet? I don't think so. Now, would we be disappointed if we weren't to keep him? Which obviously we won't at the end of the season. Whereas last season you're thinking... If you can get him, it would be an amazing sign. He is our only option in attack. But now we've got four or five different options. I don't think we would miss him. You actually said you'd break the bank for him. And I think there was a few who's agreed. You, I mean, you've thought we should go for this guy. Firstly, I say a lot of really interesting things. Yeah. Um, secondly, yeah. I, I think, to be honest, I think... Uh, I still think Roberts is. I don't. There's no difference in terms of his te- technique or how he plays football since last season. I think he's had. This is the first time he's. This is probably the first time in his career where he's not been first choice. I mean, he went to Middlesbrough, broke into the first team, and all of a sudden it's a twelve million pound move to Man City. Gets to Man City, goes out on loan, plays for Fulham, plays well, then goes to Celtic. First season, you know, for first couple of months, straight in the team comes the star. This is the first time it's, it's been like. Your name's not going to be the first in the team sheet. You're you're going to be a sub. His mentality is, as Kieran rightly says, you know, he's never had this before. He's never had this sort of setback. This is a 19-year-old lad who, you know, we are, who's, who's already went for £12 million. Mm. So, I know he's slightly, it, 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 obviously when being out of the team, he's slightly become the forgotten man because no one's really looking for him just now. And <laughs> he's, a really interesting point. He's got, he's got to deal with that, but, to be fair, see the games that we're com- coming up to in this next two weeks. He has to, if if he gets on for half an hour again, whether it's during the week or it's uh, on Sunday, 
he has to make he has to do something and he, and it's not just skinning a guy a couple of times he needs to produce something and the 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 cup game after the cup game last year that's really the one where i think he he, he would want to be in there and he had that hor- horrific miss um which kind of would have affected him some way but that game on on sunday could be the perfect game for him to kick on again but i think it would be important that he starts the game on Sunday because he's coming on the games with like half an hour to go at that point Rogic who's one of the, the main players that he played off of quite a lot of times that the Rogic and him <laughs> was would, on the bench <laughs> aye, well, he'd be getting knackered at that point he's not able to, to do the wee one-twos with him um, he's not quite Roberts hasn't quite built up a relationship with Dembele yet so he can play those wee one-twos where he's getting in behind and, and be able to score the goals like he did against Hearts and Aberdeen last season it was interesting at the weekend that he switched to a three-five-two and had Dembele Griffiths up top uh, Sinclair on the left Roberts no I'm lying Sinclair in the middle uh, Forrest on the left and Roberts on the right. You bring up a very interesting point. And that we was tidy. See, I thought you were finished there, so it was a bit rude. Um, West Mi- Miss Westmuir Tim at Danny M nineteen eighty nine. Thanks for getting in contact. Um, do you guys think the Gaffer will eventually look at having Dembele and Griffiths playing together, Kieran? I don't think so on a regular basis. I think Rogers has got his formation set. He can tweak it as we've seen. Um, taking Gamboa off and putting was it Griffiths on yeah, at the right. weekend um, but I don't think he's going to do that going forward yeah um, what, about you? what about you I think I think he will if he if he honestly believes that you know it's the right thing to do in that moment if he's trying to get goals I think he'll do it I mean it's the only thing is if you have all of those I mean those are all the players that we'd love to have on the pitch at one time but it is a lot of attacking players that you know you still have to I think for for Rodgers the system is the most important thing and it's everybody doing the job for the overall system yeah the machine is so just putting you know just putting people on just because they're goal threats might not necessarily so you play you, out. You build um, a system around players, or you build players around a system. Do you know what I mean? So you pick yeah. one or the other, and that's that. I think you know, we all know what Brendan. He's got oh yeah, he's got his ideals, but I think we've seen already, and it's the short time he's been manager that he can he can change it. He can. In, He's very adaptable. I mean, in, in so, some circumstances, you could say, yes, he, he's had a system, and then and that comes first. And then you can see in other games, he's changed things because he doesn't have the players that can fulfil what he wants to do. So he's very, very flexible in that way. Um, Keith, um, what, what, what's your kind of take on that in terms of uh, Dembele and Griffiths? Do you think it's a goal? Do you think it's a, a go-go? Um, no, I'm I'm happy with Dembele being up front himself. Um, I quite like the the three attacking midfielders be, behind. There'll be times when it, we need to play the two. Maybe we're struggling, we're looking for a goal. Um, we can go long to Dembele and Griffiths will be able to um, maybe score a goal poach it in the box. But 
We're scumbags. That poor Griffiths. He rattled 40 goals in last season. Maybe they want some in I'm being consistent at least. I'm no Gordon Strachan doesn't want him in his team either. Do you hear what Strachan said? Strachan basically said that um, Lee Griffiths is too small to play for Scotland because he can't defend corners. Did you see Griffiths changing his Twitter name to Shorty? Hashtag Shorty. 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 Uh, rap stuff. Um, <laughs> so, possession wise, stats. I love stats. We all love stats. Stats are facts. Stats are facts. Uh, possession wise we had 54% possession 24 see this still annoys me 24 shots and only 9 of them on target that's still not like Motherwell had 9 shots and 4 on target it's almost just a lot of that was because Motherwell had so many players in the box they were getting good blocks did I ask for an an excuse or was (laughs) that just stats are facts I'm putting my hand off again stats are facts see one thing is impressive though see that 24 was it 24 attempts 24 shots in total that that must be what we are averaging I mean domestically we're getting in the 20s almost every game do you know how many we'll have at the end of the season 40 billion <laughs> such a dick <laughs> yeah that was no, I don't know that was a bit in cold war um, but I mean are we happy with how with how it worked out Kieran what's your overall coming away from um, the game on Saturday were you happy or were you just a bit frustrated or no, I was happy because you can see that there's players that can score goals. We don't ever look as if we are going to struggle for goals. And teams against us are trying to set up so that they don't lose 4 or 5 now, rather than trying to go for a win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kate's showing me a thing. Um, Katie on Saturday, Lubo trapping the ball with his bum. Dirk's first half an hour. It was 25 minutes. Can you think of any other standing ovation moments at Celtic Park? Tweet us. Let us know. Um, let us know your thoughts. I, w- I remember um, watching uh, the ball drop as Maravchik trapped it with his with his posterior. It was a moment of joy. Darren Jackson scoring against Croatia Zagreb. I know it's a goal, but DJ sent to my to my right. Oh. Um, <laughs> any other times that you can remember? Um. I, I seem to remember. I can't remember the exact instance, but this seems made um, up. Then this seems made up. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. But Wanyama, um, there was a couple of times where um, I remember. It was when I was a season ticket holder. Wanyama always looked like an absolute class above anybody else on the pitch. Yep. But there was a couple of times where he would like win the ball, uh, maybe just in our half of the pitch, and he would have like some. Absolutely dominating run, run forward, yeah. where he just looks so powerful. And I remember then people being, you know, up my feet like that was well, terrific. You, you say that, and that's a good point. But see, the thing is, Wanyama looks like a dominant midfielder. Like you know, you said he looks like out of place in the Scottish league because he was so good. Yeah. He looks out of place in the English league because yeah. he's so good. I mean, that's the guys just went up a level to the point where who could have saw it coming? I'm not who could have saw it coming. We signed him from, you know, um, a second Birshoch. Um, that's the right pronunciation. Nice. Um, so for like the Belgian second division, um, which links into John Park. Mm-hmm. Um, this season we call that a segue. Um, John Park's been, you know, they've they've came to an agreement and he's he's now left. I mean, five years ago he was lauded as one of the you know every single kind of top cl- club in England were looking at him to bring him in as a sort of director of football um, to Was it Hibs he started that? Started at Hibs um, obviously had that generation of O'Connor Reardon um, Whitaker um, 
he brought Murphy in. I don't know if you remember the fullback Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, he, he, went, he actually brought in some really good players. They helped to develop them, and obviously they, they moved on, and the club got money. From a Celtic pr- perspective, um, he seemed to have a, a, a slew of sensational signings. Yep. Um, Kyle, I'm not a Kyle fan, but when when he brought Kyle in, you're thinking, who the hell is this guy? And he was excellent for his first two seasons. Um, Wanyama, sensational signing. Guys like Joe Ledley, we all knew. We all knew who Joe Ledley was. Um, guys like Hooper, we knew who Gary, Gary, we knew who Gary Hooper yeah. was as well. So I, I don't necessarily think he should be. You know, awarded with them. That's more Peter Lowell actually getting getting deals in, in place. Um, as a Geary and stuff like that. So he did a lot of good. But then you've got the other side of it. You've got absolute dross in terms of centre-halves we brought in. We've got dross in terms of strikers. strikers. Um, are we happy to see him go? Unhappy? Is it? Did, did we care? Is it just a sign that Brendan Rodgers is really shaking the foundations? And is this a sign that he might be here for longer than we maybe think? I think changes had to be made. Um, I was actually talking to our Scandinavian scout. Oh, hello. Who was there last season. Exclusive. Yep. And he did say that the lack of communication between himself and John Park and others was devastating. Really? Okay. And he did mention another few names. Um, What he said was there will be no more dodgy deals. So. Oof. Um, take from that what you will I think obviously it did bring in like so in Yama Kyle um, I think that sh- it shows that Brendan Rogers the difference between Rogers and Dyla I think yeah. that's what it shows yeah because Rogers has come in and he's saying this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it yeah and I think he's got the backing of Lawwell and Desmond whereas I don't think Dyla fully did Okay, just on, on this point, for you making your debut, um, thoughts on Ronnie Dyla? I was a fan. Um, I would have actually gave him another season. Yeah. Because I felt I felt that he was building something. So, but now you've got Rogers. Obviously, you're not looking back. But I was a fan of Dyla. I did that right to the very end. I was I right supporting Dyla. Yeah, obviously we are quite a pro Dyla podcast. Mm. Um, God bless him, and he's hanging up on my wall looking down on us. Um, with that, Keith, do you think this is a sign that you know Brendan Rogers is working behind behind the scenes to actually really? Because me and Louis, we kind of look at each other sometimes, you know, and we gaze into each other's eyes, and mm-hmm. we had that talk about how does. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying this, um, but remember we're talking about how Rogers doesn't look that happy, and we got it into our heads that. Aye. I should, should I leave that? Aye. We were in a bad place. Sorry. Move on. <laughs> Aye. I don't know what that was. I, I, see, on, on the, the thing with this whole John Park thing, it's the fact that Brendan Rogers wants it. And right now, because we have no reason really to not trust him, because everything is going so well, I'm happy. Yeah. If it's what he wants, I mean, he's, he was speaking after the game. Uh, I'd uh, heard a bit of his press conference that somebody put on Twitter. It was the I was just going to say the or, the Twitter know. feed for we only know at only know eighteen eighty eight. You've been putting up the 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 sound bites from yep. the the press conferences, which is great. Have you got any quotes there? No. Liam Henderson says that he was a world class manager and it's great to be working with him, and that no two training sessions have been the same. I know that is. I mean, that shows you the level of planning that he must be putting in. 
like as a team, as a team, it's not all about him, but that yeah. that must be brilliant to play under. But he was speaking about the uh, when he was asked about the John Park thing, and uh, he he never really gave much away, but he was just really reiterating the statement, saying kind of thanking thanking him for his work and all that sort of thing. But he did it did kind of sound like it's quite cut. Aye, but at the same time, it was like, there's stuff going on behind the scenes you don't need to know, exactly. but it was very much, th- there is, because he, he didn't rule out, uh, he was asked about, is there restructuring behind the scenes, and he didn't rule that out. Yep. It almost, I almost, I thought the way he answered it, it actually sounded like, yes there is, but I'm not going into detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, it's interesting, it's, would that be on a manager's remit? Or is it purely because, as the, obviously, the, the powers that be at Celtic maybe high, hold them in such high regard that they're like, we want you to, to oversee this? I well, mean, well, I think, sorry to jump in, I think Ronnie Dyle is a coach. Yeah. Ronnie Dyle is a coach. Ronnie Dyle is a coach in the sort of Scandinavian, Northern European style of the Bundesliga as well, where you've got a director of football who would deal with all of that stuff, um, he deals with transfers, and you've got the coach. So, Ronnie Dyle... Even though Ronnie Dyla was trying to push some of that, I don't. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Ronnie Dyla wasn't fully backed. He wasn't fully supported. If he had been, I don't know how different it would have been. But I believe it would have been significantly different. Well, one it, one thing, just quickly, one thing that he did try and change and have a kind of legacy over was the youth setup. I know he he talked about making changes to that. Yeah, but Rogers is doing doing that. And he's also doing things that you would never expect a dialer to do. See, you know, it's funny when um, it, we obviously the, the, the Dan O'Hagan call, um, interviews coming up, but Dan mentioned the fact that in kind of terms of British football, we've got we just got a different way of looking at things, and we've got we high we put football. It's funny because kind of is going to the wayside a little bit the way people are getting sacked, but um, we ha- we put football managers on a different sort of pedestal as how they do it abroad in mainland Europe we think about Brian Clough we think about Jock Steen we think about Martin O'Neill we think about guys Alex Ferguson we think about them running carte blanche the entire club yeah. that's yeah. what that's what we think I actually think Brendan Rodgers is in that mould and that's great Ronnie Dyla wasn't Ronnie Dyla wasn't he was a foreign coach who wasn't given enough um, support in terms of other things going at the club if they brought in a director of football who was like Boom, this is what's happening, this is what you focus on, work together, have a relationship, different kettle of fish. So what he really needed was a Jackie McNamara to help him with the running of the rest of the job. And he can help, he can help with expenses, he can fill out your travel accommodation. Pick up your new motor. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrific, fucking what a dickhead man, honestly, what? 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 One allegedly, allegedly. I just called him a dickhead. One, what? <laughs> one thing though, I wonder if that that might be the thing that really helps us keep a hold of Brendan Rodgers for for longer than what we maybe anticipated. I mean, certainly, I thought, I thought, amazing, we've got him, but it's probably going to be short lived. I mean, I was thinking maximum like two seasons. It's like when you get and, that get when you pull that girl yeah. who's like way out your league, and you're like, this is amazing. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it because she's got she's going to be off. But the thing is, well, not me, but this this might be this might be the thing that keeps him here because Brendan Rodgers would never have had so much control at a club before. He wouldn't have got it. Obviously, Chelsea. He was in the the youth setup, but obviously, he would never have any influence above that. 
even at Liverpool, I don't think he would have had as much control or as much influence as what he does now. Was it not a committee that chose what Aye, players they were buying? I mean, he couldn't even sign his own players. But now he is in a position where, like you say, like Jockstein and everybody else, he is in control or is at least respected enough that he can have his say on pretty much every aspect of the football yeah, club. I, I, you know, we, we're we finishing up on this segment, but, you know, Martin O'Neill, uh, you know, your first game, Kieran, um, you know, the 2000 sort of era, actually would have been like John Barnes or something. Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill. Okay. So Martin O'Neill comes in and um, he is given, again, Dr. Joe Venglos, a terrific guy who was a, a sensational coach, um, but he didn't get the back and he deserved. He also... I remember we had a horrendous with like 12 players out at one point. My point is, Martin Neal comes in, he's given the keys to the kingdom, make it what you will. If You you have to give them that. Um, and if you don't, then... And I don't mean you have to give that with every football club. You have to give them it with Celtic, just specifically. See if the fans were going to get behind you. That, that And again, there is a certain level of British football mentality of the manager should do everything. It's something that, you know, are these are guys like Brendan Rodgers going to be around forever? Probably not, because it is coming down to that more foreign... Do you think Eddie Howe runs everything to do with Bournemouth? Probably not. Eddie Howe probably fo- focuses more on player development and coaching um, than thinking about, right, we need to build a, a new stadium for the youth or something like that. Anyway, we're getting yeah. off track. Uh, Lyle Davidson, with Park gone, will we abandon signing policy of um, by Young... Oh, it's done the thing. Scottish players. Um, firstly, speak into your mic, and secondly, don't interrupt me. <laughs> By uh, young Scottish players. With, this is from Lofi Crabbit, and he's all day, Jimmy. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> some of it's comic effect, and some of it's just because I really don't <laughs> like some of you. Um, with Park gone, will we abandon the signing policy of buy young with sell on potential? Because, um, in his opinion, it's the right strategy, just executed poorly. What do you think? Do you think we're going to abandon the just youth and maybe bring us some experience? Well, we've done it with Toure, I guess. We've done it, but a club like Celtic, we always have to find these gems. We have to find the Wanyamas, the Fosters, to sell on again to make money. Um, we need a mix, though. Yeah. And I think Rodgers has, so far, got the mix right. Because if you look at, you know, Toure came off the bench, but Toure's a pretty much mainstay of the, of the team, mm. and uh, Henderson getting his chance... Um, it's mental to think that Dembele's only 20. He plays like a much mature, a far more mature footballer. Um, but yeah, so shall we, um, well, let's do, let's bring in Dan. Keep on believing 
Joining us now is um, prominent freelance journalist Dan O'Hagan. Hi, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Um, great stuff. Um, we're just really looking to find out about the game on Wednesday, Celtic take on Croatia München Gladbach. Um, can you kind of give us an overall view of their sort of form at this current stage? They're having a funny season, Gladbach. They're a team of kind of two halves. At home, they are brilliant. Away from home, they're pretty awful. Um, injuries, too. They've lost, in the last couple of games, their two most... Uh, creative players in the Brazilian Rafael and the Belgian Torgan Azar, the brother of obviously Chelsea's uh, Eden Azar. Uh, they could be back for the game, I think, on Wednesday, but uh, without them, they're a team that lack any real kind of um, attacking rhythm or flair. So I think if they don't play, then it could be a game that Celtic can take all three points from. That's great stuff. Um, you recently saw their defeat to Freiburg. What can Celtic learn from this and hope to eat on Wednesday? Well, in that game, Freiburg, who just come up from the second division, their first home game of the season, that was, um, they got in their faces. They really pressed really high and really hard, scored three great goals and exposed this defensive weakness that Gladbach do have. I think last season, their goalkeeper, Jan Zommer, the Swiss, he kept only six clean sheets in 32 league games and just two in seven so far this season. They're a team that always tend to concede goals. And that, I think, is down to the manager, the coach, Andre Schubert, his defence changes. Some weeks it's a three, some weeks it's a four. And um, I'm not convinced the players in those two systems work especially well together. So I think how Freiburg beat them, uh, they got in their faces, they pressed them, scored some good goals. And I think just exposed in Gladbach as well, an evolving team. They've lost this season uh, key defenders. They've lost their two chief midfielders, two from last season, in Havert Nordweit and Granit Xhaka. So it's it's really a Gladbach team in transition in many ways. And um, as I say, if Celtic catch them on one of their bad days, this could be Celtic's um, game to win. Dan, how do you think that um, Gladbach will set up? Do you think they'll be cautious with the with the kind of renowned atmosphere at Parkhead and maybe try and just settle into the game, or do you think that they'll they'll kind of try and take go on the front foot as early as possible? I think they'll be cautious, especially if they are missing Azar and or Raphael, because those two players really make them tick as an attacking force. As I say, they have this system where some weeks it's a back three, some weeks it's a back four. And I'm sure they're away record. I think under Andre Schubert now a year in charge as the coach, his home record reads, I think, 16 wins now from 19. But away from home, he's won in the Bundesliga, I think, four from 17. So there will be a caution, I think, given that away record at Celtic Park. And, you know, the atmosphere, you know, at Celtic on, on European nights is special and can intimidate even a team from the Bundesliga. And I think Gladbach, um, the season they've had so far with those injuries to key players, I think they'll go there maybe lacking in confidence somewhat. You've mentioned uh, a couple of the, the injuries so far. In the reports in the, the press today um, is that Andreas Christensen um, is the latest one to be affected. I think he's damaged his, uh, his glutinous, they say, so he's, he's hurt his bum uh, before the game on Wednesday and he looks to be out. How do you think that will affect him defensively? Massively. Um, 
he was their player of the season last year. He's on a two-year loan from Chelsea, and he was outstanding for them last season, only 20 years old now. Now, at the weekend, uh, two of their three centre-backs were him and uh, the young Swiss Elvedi, both of them were 20 years old. So it is a very young defence as well. And if you take him out, uh, and given um, you say there he may well be injured, um, it's going to be difficult. I think they'll bring in Yannick Vestergaard, another Dane, uh, who they signed from uh, Werder Bremen over the summer. But um, yeah, certainly even at 20, and even as an on-loan player, uh, Christensen is he's a huge presence for Gladbach in that, uh, in that rather troubled uh, defensive unit. You'd mentioned that um, Vestergaard did, has uh, come into the team. I believe they spent the money from uh, Schacker and I think Nordvite had left to go to West Ham on a free. They'd spent the money on uh, Christoph Kramer and Janik Vestergaard. How have they settled into the, the, the team? Well, Kramer has settled fine. I mean, he's a guy who won the World Cup two years ago. Uh, He had two years on loan with Gladbach before going back to Leverkusen last season, but has now come back as a permanent player uh, with Borussia Mönchengladbach. And uh, he's fine. He'll play midfield. He's been a good replacement, I think, for Granit Xhaka. Um, Vestergaard, less so, um, came from Werder, who had a poor season last year. Um, He's actually playing alongside Christensen for the Danish national team at the moment. But he's not really settled so far. He came on the weekend as an emergency striker um, as they tried to win the game against Hamburg. So I think he'll play maybe a little rusty. He's played only, I think, three games this season as a starter in the Bundesliga. Um, so, again, defensively, I think there are big question marks over Gladbach before this game against Celtic. What do you think, um, just kind of looking at the, the group overall, what do you think Gladbach's kind of aspirations would have been at when the draw was made? And, and maybe, what do you think their thinking might be now? Because obviously for us, um, when we saw the draw for Celtic, we were initially kind of thought, well, this is going to be close to Mission Impossible with the teams that you're drawn against and, and where we are in European football. Um, the Man City game has obviously changed our thinking possibly a little and give us a wee bit of encouragement, but w- would Gladbach have been thinking, you know, we, we should be comfortable taking third place or do you think their, their maybe opinion of the group overall has changed as well? Oh, it's a tough group, you know, Barcelona, Man City, um, you know, two of the best teams in the world. Um, so I think Gladbach, yeah, we'll see, have seen the Celtic games as being maybe the ones they'd have to win to qualify for the Europa League, barring, you know, huge slip-ups from the big two in the group. But I, and I think Gladbach, you look at how, how, how they play, um, can they match on their day the Barca's and the Man City's? Yes, they can. Um, they beat Bayern Munich last season uh, in December at home 3-1. Um, so they can raise their game. But as I say, these injuries this season have really hit them hard. Um Raphael last season, I think he got 10 goals and 13 assists. Um, Azard had a wonderful start of the season. So you take those players out of the equation and, you know, that weakens them massively. And I think had they had a fully fit team for their group stage campaign, they may have fancied pushing on and maybe looking to challenge the, the top two. But without them, it's going to be very, very difficult. Here's hoping. Um, you cover BT Sports coverage off the, the Bundesliga. Um Anytime we see it on the television, seem to have a, a, a massive amount of uh, fans following it within the actual stadiums. Something we don't really have in Scotland. We've started to get it back at Celtic Park, but with, throughout the UK, full stadiums don't tend to happen as much. What is it that they do in Germany and the Bundesliga that, that we could maybe adopt here? I think pricing's a big thing. Uh, tickets are very cheap, even for the, the, the biggest games. Um, 
And I just think as a TV product on BT Sport or, you know, all the channels that take our commentary across the world, it looks great when the stadium's full. I always say that if you're at home and you're flicking through the channels and you see a half-empty stadium, you think, well, if the fans can't go themselves, then why should I watch this? And the Bundesliga thing always always looks great, always sounds great too. Um, and as I say, it's, it's the, the ticket pricing. Um, it's a fact that at league games, fans can stand. So you have that old-fashioned atmosphere. Um, some great modern stadiums. And also, the league is a very good product. You know, there are some very good teams in there. Okay, Bayern have been dominant. Dortmund have been very good the last couple of years, too. But, you know, the Gladbachs, the Leverkusens, the Schalkers, there's some massive names in there. And the Bundesliga is a terrific product, I think. And um, I think other leagues can learn a lot from how the Germans market the league. And also, you know, that um, the idea of getting fans in um, at decent prices because you cannot beat you can't beat full stadiums it just adds so much to the game doesn't it yeah no definitely um, see the, the the kind of the culture in Germany of, of fans having an ownership in the club um, something we don't really have here on a, on a kind of big scale there's some small um, kind of occurrences of it um, I know that Hearts and, and the, the Scottish League they're trying to eventually move to where the fans have Marvel as well. Um, so there is a few, but what do you think, you know, Scottish teams especially, what do you see as the benefits of fan ownership and how how can that really, how could we get a culture like that into our game to kind of replicate what's been done in Germany? It's hard. I think the UK, um, the tradition here is to have one person as the owner and um, I don't see that changing. But in Germany, it offers a great kind of check and balance. It, it, it stops clubs becoming, like we've seen in England, certainly, you know, the Portsmouths, the Leeds, those situations where owners come in and, you know, the club just goes into a nosedive because no one has the right of reply. No one can say no to these owners. Whereas the German game, you have that check and balance where because the fans control the club, it's very democratic. Um can that happen in the UK? Will it happen in the UK? I think it probably should happen. Um, but will it? I just think our game is so different, uh, both England and Scotland, um, what we're used to in terms of ownership, that I just can't see it happening over here. Great. Um, brilliant. Thank you very much. Just a quick question about Pep Guardiola's comments at the weekend. Um, one of the, the journalists at the, the press conference asked him um, how it would be for Man City to prepare for the Champions League compared to Barcelona, who had that easy run-out and a 4-0 win. Uh, Pep basically said that they, they should give a lot more respect to the un- other leagues. Um, there's still a great intensity in Germany and Spanish football, Italian football. Do you see that yourself within the, the German football that you cover? I do, certainly. And even in Spain this season, you know, Barca got beaten at home by, I think, Celta Vigo a few weeks ago. So, you know, these these leagues, OK, you have teams who, who dominate, but, you know, they also lose games. Uh, I saw Bayern last season get beaten um, by um, by Gladbach. I saw them get, get beaten at home as well by, I think, Mainz as well. So, you know, these... <laughs> Okay, you always have teams who have more money, who can afford the better players, who will dominate. But that's not to say that the other 18, 19, 20 teams in the league are just there to make up the numbers. I think sometimes in England especially, we do kind of look at foreign leagues with maybe um, arrogant eyes. And we kind of assume that um, the smaller clubs in those leagues are just minnows. Well, they're not. They're clubs with great tradition, great history, especially in Germany. You know, you don't, you have to really watch the game closely to realise just how intense the, the kind of fan passion for their clubs is in Germany and how much 
the fans of the smaller clubs want to beat the Bayerns and beat the Gladbachs and beat the Dortmunds. Um, so I think Pep's spot on. We really should show more respect to um, the smaller clubs in the other European leagues because, you know, the big clubs don't have it all their own way, that's for sure. Um, great stuff. Um, we're not going to keep you too much longer, Dan. Um, just one or two more questions. Um, firstly, predictions for Wednesday? I think it depends on who plays for Gladbach. I think at home Celtic, we know, are a terrific side. Um, you know, you get the atmosphere at Celtic Park on a European night, anything can happen. I think, especially if Gladbach are missing the players we've mentioned, so Raphael and Torganazar and Christensen now, of course, as well defensively. I think if they all, all three are missing, then Celtic can win it. I think um, Gladbach would maybe see a draw as being a decent result. So if I was going to make a prediction, I'd probably go for a 2-2 draw, given that Gladbach really keep clean sheets. Great stuff, Dan. <clears throat> um, just finally, um, before we let you go, uh, what's your favourite biscuit? Custard creams. I'm very old school. Oh, class. Good, man. <laughs> touch, touch a Strong class, choice. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Dan. Thanks very much. Anytime. Bum, 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 bum.
So that was terrific from Dan, um, Dan O'Hagan, really appreciated them taking the time, um, brought up some interesting points and um, kind of things to think about in terms of how you're going to set up with, because we're going to do some predictions now and what our thoughts, we've got a lot of questions about um, the game coming up, in fact I'm just going to read a couple out, um, as a Giri fanboy um, at Cameron asks, um, we get six points off Gladbach and Barcelona take six off City, do you think we have enough to qualify for the last 16? Great pod, lads. Now, I bring that up because um, that's a very positive um, That's a very positive tweet. So, yes, we might get six points off Gladbach. And I understand that. That's great. But we've had a few que- few tweets saying that people are getting... Okay, H. Paul O'Donnell. No, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, Stephen Hughes. Always a gent. Always a gent. Um, gents worried that we might be taking Wednesday too lightly. Mooch and Gladbach will be cautious after the City game. Thoughts? So, start with Kieran, the the guest. Um, what's your kind of thoughts? I don't think anybody is underestimating them. I mean, I know they've got a few injuries, but anybody that watches European football and the Bundesliga will know that they are a decent side. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Raphael, Hazard, and the big defender out, it will make it easier... But it's going to be a difficult game. Yeah. You, you don't finish third in the Bundesliga without being semi-decent, do you, Keith? No, not at all. Um, a lot of that was down to their attacking prowess, but... A lot of it was also down to their central midfield, though, which was Shaq and Norvite, who've both left. For the Premier League, yeah. For the English Farty League. I'm, I'm a wee bit cautious. In my head, I've had... Remember when we beat Barcelona? Um, Thompson scored... And then we went over to New Camp and David Marshall had played a blinder. I'm thinking this is going to be similar to the VRL game. Where yeah. we've put all our effort into actually getting a great performance for Man City. And now we're going to... I'm a wee bit cautious, a wee bit worried about Wednesday. Louis, your kind of overall points, would you um, mirror what these guys are saying? Or would you basically say that they're both dicks and that we should just be moving, try to dominate, take over? No, I'm shitting myself. Ah, okay. uh, <laughs> figured, figured. No, I, th- I kind of understand what Keith's saying. I, I, I do feel like that to a certain degree. I mean, going into the Man City game, I was probably the most negative um, in my kind of prediction. Um, I, I really didn't see that performance coming um, against Man City. This one, I'm just caught in two minds. I, I kind of feel similar, like... You know, this is it's gonna be really difficult. I mean, we can't underestimate a Bundesliga team and a good Bundesliga team. Um, you know, it's just to me the thought of getting six points it's just never gonna happen for for me. But at the same time, you have to look at what happened in the Man City game and say, I mean, a lot of things went right. We get the rubber rub of the green a couple of times, but it does show you what can happen and it shows you what these players are capable of. Now, that will have given them either a lot of confidence and they will have a lot of belief going into this game or they could end up not getting... Maybe cocky is not the right word, but you know that way where, where they might Over- think... Just they, overconfident. Yeah, they might think they're better than, than what they are. And I'm not... I don't want to put us down, but we have to accept the fact that 
this year in the Champions League is really about our own development. It's not really, you know, we, of course we'll go as far as we can go, but really this is a big learning curve for, curve for, a, curve for, a, lot, for a lot of... They don't travel. They don't travel well, um, which is very much a, a confident... Something I was going to mention to um, Dan that I didn't quite get the opportunity to... Uh, they're used to quite hostile crowds in Germany. Uh, I wonder how much... Now, people can see, obviously, the Celtic Park. Um, the Celtic Park... Is, I told you not to do that. I know, I'm sorry. The Celtic Park uh, hostile atmosphere, obviously, with them. Um, we've seen the Man City being affected with it. Do you think it'll affect them, Kieran? You, you guys are you guys both going, I, I would imagine? Yep. I yep. think it affects the best of teams. I mean, we've seen with Barcelona a couple of seasons ago. Um, I think they'll enjoy it more than anything. They are used to it, whereas maybe your Barcelona's and Man City's aren't. Yeah. Um, so it could they could thrive on the atmosphere. It, it it could kind of boost them to to, yep. to do something, and that that's the the kind of interesting perspective because as much as it can um, uh, put fear into certain teams, it can inspire certain teams as well. Um, I almost think that I know this does sound a bit daft, but I actually think it'll be more of an even game this time around compared to the Man City game. And what I mean by that is Man City didn't play to their, po- yep. their potential. Um, they were a bit subdued on the night, whereas I think both teams are, are going to go for it and it will be a lot more uh, a lot more even. Um, they aren't doing that well uh, and they've got Bayern Munich the weekend away from home as well. So they've got two... They, they drew with Hamburg um, during the week. Um, sorry, at the weekend there. They lost 4-0 to bottom place at that time, Schalke. Um, they'd lost to, Brasium, um, to Barcelona before that. They're not in the greatest run of form. Um, the two-week break probably came, probably did them a favour. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it did do us a favour, although we've been rested. I think we were on quite a high. We've now came back. We have to build a little bit. I can see the positives and the negatives of it. Um, I, as we understood from, from what Dan was saying, you know, they've got, um, they do have qualities, but it's mainly when they're at playing at home. How do you think they'll set up? I think they'll go for it. Um Maybe with a few injuries, they might be a wee bit cautious to start with, but it is all point towards lots of goals. Celtic don't keep many clean sheets. Mönchengladbach don't. Um, I think attack will be the best form of defence for both teams. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I, I fully agree with it. Um, Chris um, at Derry Chris, Chris underscore Derry. With Dramic and Christensen out and Raphael Hazard doubtful, two up front for Celtic, question mark. He's looking for score predictions and daddy or brat first. I don't know what that means. Oh, brat first. The, the, the sausages over there. Had ah, the unique. first one. Daddy. Don't daddy. know daddy. I don't know what that means. Who's your dad? Um, two up front. Actually, do you know what? That's Chris takes us on our path to prediction. Um, to our predicted lineups. Uh, Craig Gordon, everyone. Agreed. Yeah, give me your back four, or is maybe it's not a back four? That's very. uh, I apologise. I feel like I've um, jumped in in front of you doing a ballerina thing there. Um, How are you lining up, fella? I'm going four at the back, Chris. Okay, so you just made Um, a no four at the back. I am going um, Katie Young Tierney. Uh, He's going to be my left back, which isn't (laughs) not a 
great deal of surprise in it. Um, I'm going to bring Lustig back in. He's had a wee rest. You're right he's too. he's looking terrific, oh. uh, and he's going to slot in at right back. I wonder what he thinks of the new Wilco album. Sorry, go. Um, my centre halves, um, CBs, Colo's in there. Because he's an absolute boss, and these are the games that we bought him for. Two. So Colo is in there, and Parton. Pa- 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 okay, I'm actually. No, in all seriousness, I'm quite excited because right? I, I, I should be. I think I know what he's you going should to say. Be. I think I know what he's going to say. Simunovic. No, O'Connell. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I am going to say Big Yozo. Yes, um, Yozo instead of Eric. Um, I actually think that decision will possibly say a lot. About Rogers' thinking in terms of the 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 three real centre backs that we've got, the three that are really up for contention uh, every week. You try to tell me that Boyata isn't up for contention. Uh, yeah, um, I think it'll be interesting. I personally, I think Jozo, Big Jozo has done quite well since he's came in. You're quite taken with him, aren't you? I really do like him, right? <laughs> um, and I think he gives you a a. Better physical presence obviously adds a bit of height, so Gordon Strachan will be happy. Oh, of course, <laughs> he'll love it. Get him up front, defending the corners and all that. Love all that. Um, so yeah, I'm going with him. I'm going with, with Jozo and Colo. Kieran, bring Lustig back in. Lovely. Um, Sviachenko and Turi centre oh. halves, and Hello. of course Kieran Tierney left what, back. What's your thinking with um, Sviachenko and Colo? Is it just because they because they've formed? A partnership before, um, I don't, I don't think he can throw. Although Yozo for these games is probably a more physical presence, I yeah. think he'll go with Eric and Turi. Great point. Um, what I would say about um, Eric was um, again a couple of wee mistakes on Saturday. Couple of wee mistakes. That's a that's a good point. No, has Yozo played alongside Cole yet? No, I don't. I don't I believe so. he has. I don't. He's also not played in the Champions League yet. So, no, no. so that it would be a, it would certainly be a massive, massive call, um, yeah, and it would take, it would take a man like you, Louis, really, to call it. If I'm honest with you, eh. a man of integrity, yep, etc. Uh, Fanta pants, what's your? Um... <laughs> sorry, I've been dying to call you that. All That's day. harsh, harsh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm undecided. I think I'll, I'm going to be cautious, and I'll go for Sviatchenko. Um, the rest, the, the exact same. I'd go for Lustig. Yeah. Uh, Sviatchenko, Colo, and KT. Thoughts in general, not obviously for this game, but thoughts moving towards Colo Turi, Sviatchenko, and Simunovic as a back three. Kieran? I think Rogers is going to switch between the three rather than play the three together. Right. Um, it looks as if he's saving Turi for the big games and playing Simunovic and Eric for the future. Right, that, well, that's kind of. I agree with that. Well, you guys, would you, would you see that? Because Kieran makes a good point in terms of the three. He, he does play a three, but it's kind of a sort of mid-game switch in terms of uh, formation switch, as opposed to start setting out with it. I'd love to see the three of them play just just once as a back three, um, but obviously then you're you're losing Lustig, you're losing KT, unless you're going to play them in wide areas and then you're going to lose out further up the pitch it'd be interesting to see just as a one-off it's uh, funny though because see, see eventually you know when cool um, uh, Turi goes um, Lustig could take that role of the sitter um, with those two kind of wide as your markers um, okay so back four we're all pretty much decided that it's definitely fullbacks with KT Lustig Gordon 
Touré's there, we all agree on that. So it's just switching between Simunovic and Svechenko. I'm in Team Louis. Um, I go Simunovic. Um, so that's quite interesting. The reason? The reason is um, I, I, I think he's a better footballer than Svechenko. It's that simple. I think he's a better player. Um, Touré brings the experience um, positionally and just in terms of you know knowing when to release it, knowing when to hold it. Eric, I just... There's something about him that mm, I don't think he's... I want to like him. I mean, he's my type of player. The clothes, the hair. Um, he's a nice guy. He's a lovely guy. Terrific walk, I'm led to believe. Aye. He's no Calton Cole, but he's all right. No Calton Cole. Uh, but yeah, so I would go uh, Simunovic because I think he's a better footballer. Um, so that's your four. Um, your midfield, are we, are we all going four, two, three, one? Kieran? Yep. Yep. This guy? Yep. Yes, yes. This guy. Okay, so who's your two? Uh, I'll start with Keith. Um, for me, it has to be Brown and Bithwan. Um They both were exceptional against Man City. And I'd be looking is, that, to... is that the best game they've ever played together? Yeah, um, Bithwan was was wonderful at breaking up. He's, um, he was driving forward um, for Dembele's second, I think it was. He was actually running down the line. Uh, managed to take the players on. He helped get the ball to um, Rogic for Tierney's goal as exactly, well. So yep, that's it, right. it, it had a really, really imposing uh, performance. So I'd be looking for more of that from him. That's just hopefully he's going to be uh, fit for it. Um, Brown, his energy levels were, were wonderful. He, I think he covered the most ground for, of all the Celtic players and we need that energy. Scott Brown was, against Man City, Scott Brown was the best player on the pitch. Aye. <laughs> what was you sounded in pain there? <laughs> um, Kieran, your your two. I agree. Brown and Beaton. Um, you need experience. You need Brown's energy and drive, and Beaton can break the play up as well. So I'd go with the two. Yeah, yep. Louis. This is where you say O'Connell and some left back we've never heard of. Ah, yeah. Get big eye. Get eye. No, Brown Beaton. I'm I'm happy with that. I'll go with that. I think I would go with that. I think most people would go with that. Um, in terms of the Champions League. Bitton was very, incredibly disappointing against Barcelona, but against Man City, I thought he was excellent. You didn't think he was very good against Man City. No, I've, 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 I didn't. Um, am I wrong in thinking we're all picking logic? Oh, I've got some nods. I've got one positive from Kieran. Tell me why you're picking logic. Um, his control, his touch, um, he's obviously seen against Man City. He only lasted 60 minutes. But for that 60 minutes, it can produce magic. And I, I don't think we're going to see an intensity um, the way we did against Manchester City. So he kind of ran out of steam around the 40th minute. Um, I don't think that will be the case this game. So with um, with Kieran, I will definitely choose Rogic. Have you guys... Yeah, I'm with that as well. Oh, but this guy, Keith, I know I like you. Uh, I love Rogic. Rogic's the best. But I'm not going to play him for the most important games. Impressions are off. I mean, I'm in tremendous form in terms of, uh, you know, put that in your message box. But <laughs> I... I'm not going to play him. I'm not going to start him. You seem genuinely upset about uh, I'm a bit, eh? Um, Christy comes in. I love course. him. I love him. I love his, uh, his feet. I, I just love him. But... Terrific walk. But... I'm going crazy here. I'm going to save him for Sunday. I'm going to let him... 
absolutely run the show, dominate life on Sunday. And and by the way, he'll play 90 minutes. Um, this game, I think, um, I think it... This is mental, I can't believe me am saying this. Stuart Armstrong. It's just after what I'm... I'm Stuart Armstrong. It could be Armstrong. I thought he had a terrific game against Motherwell. That's something I actually didn't highlight. I thought he was great. I thought I thought he found space. He did kick. He did football pure good. He did kicks. And that. Um, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna go different. Do you know what? It's this Patrick Roberts. Nothing but 10. nothing but bold. Nothing but bold. Here we go. I'm excited. So we've got Brown beat on Sin. Right. Then in the number ten role we have Scott Sinclair. On the right, we have Paddy Roberts, and on the left, we have James Forrest. I don't necessarily think that's that bold. <laughs> I think it's no. a good idea, certainly. Um, Why would you play Sinclair in the number 10? Cause what he attributes does, does he have that you think would be... You can beat him well, he's, he's, he has so came in... no interruptions oh. here, or no? He has came into the... He has came into the middle a couple of times. He's ended up there in a couple of games. He did at the weekend... Um, he's got pace to get in behind that you maybe need. Um, if you're not going to start Griffith, I mean, Griffiths, his pace and the fact that he plays off the shoulder, just defenders hate that. I think Sinclair, he's good with his feet. He can play a pass, but he can also maybe possibly give that threat on the break of of running at, at speed. I don't know, I, I just feel as if Roger just because of that Man City game, because he could only give forty minutes. I just think if you're getting, I mean, we have to start at the same intensity. I know you're saying the game overall might not be the same level of intensity because it probably can't be, but we have to start it like we started that game. And again, if he can only last forty minutes and we need to make a substitution, I just don't see that being a. a you know, a responsible way forward. I don't know what we. I don't know what we do. I I want him in the team, but I worry that if we have to, you know, hook him before or at half time, could do his damage. I think you're underestimating him a little bit. Yeah. I do. I I know that you want to protect him, which is weird. <laughs> but do. no, but I understand where you're coming from, and I understand how. You hate going into every sort of game like that with a forced substitution that you're going to have to make because, uh, let's be honest, you probably will have to bring them off um, because the Champions League, even if it's not as intense as it was against Man City, it was still a higher level intensity than the, the Scottish Premier League. He has been finishing 90-minute games in the SPL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's developing that way. Scottish, sorry, Scottish Premiership. I hate when people call it the SPL as well. Um, thoughts, Kieran? Who are your, so you're, you're going with uh, Rogic. Who are your two wide guys? Forrest and Sinclair. Forrest and Sinclair. Yep. Um, Forrest is, again, as, as Louis alluded to earlier, almost the, one of the first names in the team sheet. I, I would imagine you'd be the same, Keith. Yeah, completely. Um, uh, I would go with Armstrong and Christie. And I'll tell you why. What? Nah, I wouldn't. I would go with it. I was just trying to be controversial. Um, I would I would go with that as well. And we're all going Dembele up front. Yep. Always. You Nadir, like. Nadir. Listen, Nadir, he's got other stuff on. <laughs> uh, he uh, just let him do his thing. Yeah, no, nah, he's chilling. He's preparing for Sunday. Yeah, chilling like a mega villain. Oh, imagine bringing him on and him scoring against. Oh, um, 
So, what I'd like now from you gentlemen is predictions. So, what do you predict? Goal scores, sorry, goals. What do you predict the score will be? <laughs> and if, if, you know, the goal scorers. I'm going to start with Boom, LJ, DJ, Louis, Louis McCaffrey. Um, I am going to say Celtic are going to win. Positive. I'm being positive. Um, and I think the score will be 3-2 Celtic. Who's your scorers? Dembers, obviously. Demberino. Because he plays, he scores every game. Uh, yeah. So Dembers, um, I think uh, KT, because he's taking a lot of shots. He's getting, he's he's gonna have a couple of attempts. You know that. Um, and Sinclair. Okay, lovely. Kieran, I can't see past a two-two. Right. Um, Sinclair. And then barely to score. Both defences just seem as if they can't cope. I so it's just a case of who's going to score the most. But to each, go for two two. It's an interesting point, and you know you said three two as well, Louis. My fear is we go behind. If we go behind and we start pushing up, we might leave gaps. I think we're always going to be confident of scoring. I think we'll score, but. It's just a case of will we keep them out? Yeah, and I don't think our defence is good enough. I don't in think. Europe. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a clean sheet in Europe. I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Um, but I think we're going to really struggle. Um, Keith, I've been torn between a, a one-one draw, uh, but I'm, I'm, I can see it now. I, th- I think we're going to win two-one. Didn't ask for your working. It's um, going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be. The a fog is clear. And you've said two-one. I know. I'm not that. It's going to be a hard-fought game. Like you say, I think they, they'll score. But then, I think the crowd, the occasion, and us getting an equaliser will then help push us on to get that winning goal. And the winning goal will be scored by Patrick Roberts. Well, he, did, he is starting for me, so I agree. <laughs> I think that um, Glasgow Celtic FC um, will win three goals to one. Three goes to one. Uh, I think it's going to be, a, we're going to go two ahead. Uh, we're going to concede. It's going to go two one. Then there's going to be a period of genuine pressure from them. Hopefully we'll hold out. Well, my prediction says we do. So, <laughs> suck it. Me. I don't know. Um, I think it's going to finish three one to Celtic. Uh, Lee Griffiths comes off the bench and scores the third. Um, I can't see Dembele not scoring. Um, and yeah, I think Dembele might get another two. I mean, the fear is Dembele just rattles them in in the Champions League. We get into the last six. We end up winning the thing, and then we lose them. <laughs> I mean, we bloody lose them after we win it. What are you going to do, eh? Because then that would be the second time we won the European Cup um, because we won it in 1967. But Is that like 50 years ago, nearly? But let's talk about... Uh, we're going to do that. Let's talk about uh, teams who haven't won the European Cup. Um, so we've got a semi-final match um, on Sunday. Um... They've not had the opportunity to, to be fair, they're only, they're young. Are they allowed to play in Europe yet? I'm tro- I'm, this is what you call trolling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, so we've got a question here, which is quite interesting, um, from H. Paul O'Donnell. Um, if you could only choose one 
uh, game to win, what would it be? A win, a win in the semi-final or a win against Borussia Mönchengladbach? That's a really tough one. And I'm looking at Kieran because I'm going to come to him first. You have to pick the semi-final. Domestically, it's your, that's your bread and butter. Boom. Spoken like a British football manager from 1987. <coughs> that's your bread and butter. This guy? The exact same. The previous wonderful managers that we've had, like Martin O'Neill and other ones, they won their first trophy when they came in. Yeah. Gordon Strachan, that was the guy I was trying to remember. He did quite well. Ronnie Dyler. Ronnie Dyler as well. One of the greats. Big RD. RD. Um, Looking down on us. Well, he's not dead, but... (laughs) (laughs) I just mean he's on the wall. (laughs) Um, The the first trophy of the season's a a must. Uh, Yeah, I I think so. I think it gets you off to a really nice marker. And the fact that the the final is uh, before... Uh, Christmas as well. It means we get. If hopefully, Touchwood, we get some silverware before. Um, Dingy, what about yourself? What? what? Uh, I'm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of caught in two minds. I think we're we're in such a good moment. If I can pretend that I'm a football manager. Yeah, and really cool. Football's all about um, moments, guys. Yeah, it's all about moments, and right now we're in a good one. Um, I think everybody everybody's that no one really is talking about sunday yet because we have such a big game and i think you know we really want to say something in european football again and i i don't know i'm inclined to say i would pick wednesday and do you know i actually thought that you would i, I thought that you would as well i'm quite I, surprised I, that you said sunday i would 100% say sunday um and i'll say it, say it for a, for a number of reasons the first reason is i think you need to go off a flyer in your in domestic season um i think we need to break our hand in hoodoo i think i don't i don't think people realize how i'm sure people yeah. do i don't mean it like that but when you actually look at how many semi-finals we've actually blown it's going to be very very tough though i think yeah, here's okay. So we're we're talking about um, the Bruce mentioned Gladbach game, and there's a lot of people who are maybe a little bit overconfident. Mm-hmm. Um, understandable after the the Manchester City game, and not holding that against them. Um, it's typically the same with 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 Sunday. We're playing in a semi final. We're not very good at Hamden. That's un- undebatable. Um, we're coming up uh, against a team that have something to prove. Um, I don't know if the fact that they won the last game at Hamden against is is going to be a positive or a negative for them. It, again, it might give them, I you know, them and their fans ideas of the grandeur. I don't think it would. I also think the fact that they lost the Scottish Cup final will also maybe be a positive for them slightly. You had your right hand raised. What were you going to bring? In, I was sorry? just going to say that this trophy will be Celtic's one hundredth um, trophy if we were to win it as well. So for Rodgers to come in his first attempt. To get that 100th trophy, we'll just keep that momentum going. Yeah. You also need you also remember this is just the semi that we've got a final to play as well. Hopefully. So you, you calm your jets. Need to get there. Like that sounds like a 50s thing. Yeah, it was good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 here's what I'm thinking. My, my thinking is um, this is just going to be as intense as the game on Wednesday. It's a semi final at Hamden, which we always struggle. Um, they beat us last season. Um, Oh, they didn't beat us in 90 minutes. It doesn't matter. They beat us. Uh, they got to the final and we didn't. We were abhorrently bad in that. Turgid is a word that we've used in the past. Scott Brown was abysmal in that game. James Forrest hid in that game. Um, so those players, as great as they are, 
have something to prove. Kieran, what are your thoughts? Think they Rangers have nothing to lose. Yeah. In this same. game, I don't think we are clear favourites. Obviously, after beating them five one, um, but the good thing for us is, as you were saying, Brown's got something to prove. Roberts, if he plays, has something to prove. Exactly. Rogic, after missing that penalty, something to prove. So, I can I can't see past us winning. I know we're terrible at Hamden. We have been for years, but is is this the perfect opportunity? This is opportunity just to set put down a marker and just dominate Scottish football. Oh, I love this. This this, it's, this wordplay. It's it definitely is the the last the last game the, the when we we won five one. I was so con- and I've never been so confident going into a Glasgow derby as what I was for that that game. God, I remember you talking about Thistle last season. I it was unbelievable. Oh, what what a, what a result! Um, but I was so confident because I felt as if everything was stacked in in our favour, and even things as you say, people with points to prove, things that we really had to, you know, stand up and and do something about correct some wrongs and I think that always plays into these types of games you you know if you've got a chip on your sh- shoulder it's always going to spur you on a wee bit and in this case both teams have that they want to avenge what the the 5-1 and we want to as you say get over this horrendous thing that we've got at Hampton um, and, and what happened last, last year so if you look at it if both teams are both up for it 100% Quality will shine through, and we utterly, utterly, we definitely have the quality we do, they we, don't have. If if all players on the pitch play to their potential, we win, and we win comfortably. But we're playing in such an energy-sapping game on a Wednesday, I am genuinely worried that we can't get to the level on, on the Sunday. It's four days it's four days, man. I mean, come on, they're professional. They've had a two-week rest. Some of them have had... Scott Brown, for example, has had a two-week rest. A lot of those guys, not every one of them's travelled. You know, so it's not... They should be up for it. And, you know, I watched part of the Inverness game, Rangers and Inverness, a little bit of scouting, and uh, they are dreadful at the back. We think we are bad at the back. We are not great at the back. Mm. Inverness missed at least two or three huge, huge chances. They didn't learn from the mistakes they kept making. Yeah. So, I, I'm confident. Um, I think they're better off without Joey Barton in the team. I think uh, Halliday's a better player than Joey Barton in terms of form. Not necessarily from a career standpoint, but in terms of form, he's a better player. Um, I mean, how how would you line up? We're, we're running, out of t- running out of time here. But how, how would you line up in terms of, would you do major... Would you play one team on Wednesday and one team on Sunday, or would it be the very same same teams? I would play the same eleven, the exact same eleven. Yeah, and keep the momentum going. Hopefully, we're going to get a positive result on Wednesday. I don't think a draw would be terrible on Wednesday. I could see the third place team sneaking it through with three points. If you think Man City and Barca have got a to the run right with the, the the other two games against us and P- Peter Ottaway, um at Goober. Evening, gents. Would you take head-to-head win over BMG, even if only two draws? Aye. We'd be a favourite for a third place. I think you just match them. I think we just match them. Match them over the two games, and well, you know, we've got a good chance. Um, I don't necessarily think we need to, as you say, 
win. I mean, even if we just drew, drew both games, but it's going away and getting that. If we go away to Germany and get a draw against a a good Bundesliga team, that that is difficult. That's that's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. I mean, look at how they played against Barcelona, and as Dan says, they play very very well at home. I yeah. think we need to win this game. Mm-hmm. I think we need to win this game. So, and you predicted so. So good. Um, Sunday. How do we? Well, t- in terms of lineup, I ha- I would I would have uh, a fully fit and eager uh, Tam Rogic in there. Um, just a wee bit of uh, freshness. And I take from it Wednesday, you play Sinclair and Forrest. Yep. Um, um, Brown Brown beat on uh, Dembele up front. And then rest of the boys introduce uh, Griffiths and um, Paddy Roberts later on but it would be terrific it would be terrific if he went 3-5-2 against Rangers and had Griffiths and Dembele up front that would be that would be fun and on that bombshell no actually we need to get predictions uh, predictions I think it will be a similar game to the 5-1 I'll go 3-0 this time lovely predictions 2-0 Predictions? Uh, 4-2. <laughs> See, the, the, the other predictions seem like kind of actually calculated and then <laughs> you look up into the sky and you go, eh, 4-2. I do the same thing. I have no idea. I, I, I just think, it, I, I think it'll be more of a, I, I think it'll be more of a shootout and I think, th- I think they'll get a couple of goals. I genuinely do. Again, I think it all comes down to how, how what happens in terms of scoring. If we concede first and it'll be heads down typical, oh, fuck, semi-final Hamden um, against this Rangers team well this is you know or it might be ah oh, fuck these guys boom and I don't, I don't, business I don't actually in saying that I don't think they'll play the way they, they played against us in the, in the 5-1 game I think they'll I think he'll have learned his lesson I think he'll show us a, a, a lot more respect than what he did because he should have shown us a lot more respect than what he did the, in that 5-1 game I think, I think, I think he'll be a lot more defensive a lot of Rangers fans' criticism of um, Mark Warburton is that he plays one way and that's it. Aye. So maybe he can't change it. Yeah, maybe he can't, no. Maybe he can't. Um, it's been terrific. Um, Kieran Call made his debut. Thoughts, Louis, on Kieran's debut? Terrific. Um, Steady, tidy, tidying the possession of the mic. He done better than Dirk. Unbelievable. Yeah, longer than a better 20 minutes. Kieran, it's been a pleasure. Loved it, thank you. I'm sure we'll have you on again. One for the future. One for the future. Keep an eye. Um, uh, Keith McGinty? <laughs> is that your name? <laughs> yes. no, Just is that? Thanks, Keith. Um, you're becoming quite the fixture. Um, good. We you see that through gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> fixture and fitting. I'm the one who brought you in. I'm the you are? guy who brought you you're in. You're the uh, John Parker. <laughs> we got website stuff. Yes, um, interesting developments happening soon. 90minutesinic.com, stay tuned. Still does it work, yeah. Under redevelopment. I know. You, you, you said you'd <laughs> I'll fix, fix it. I'll fix it. Right. But, so we've got some redevelopments. Uh, the website's for all purposes yeah, getting completely redeveloped and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of announce that within the next couple of weeks um, when we get down to brass tacks um, that didn't seem like it's the right thing but Keith thanks thank you Chris enjoy your week off dickhead um, Louis McCaffrey just you, you, you're there you're casual you're relaxed terrific mm-hmm. hair um, great hoodie ah, it's not really it's not really. The hair's good. I've done my hair for coming out tonight because yeah. I didn't do it earlier. I've got those shoes, trainers, only they're white. Ah, these have got holes in the bottom of them. I'm looking a bit sketchy. Right, okay, that's enough. Um, so, <laughs> thanks for coming on as usual. It's uh, It's been terrific. It has. Are you uh, looking forward to Thursday? 
Uh, yes. Thursday will probably <laughs> we'll announce what Thursday is in the next upcoming days, but we've got uh, quite a big development happening on Thursday. Um, getting a team together. Don't you worry about that. Right. It makes no sense to anybody if they're listening, unless we've put it on Twitter already. But um, yeah, check it out because there's a big development happening on Twitter. Um, I, I'm sorry, a big development happening on Thursday regarding the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. Um, if you can also get us, if, however you get us, if you can subscribe to it, whether it's via Spreaker or whether it's via iTunes or whether it's via some other sort of, however you get your podcast, subscribe and like. But specifically, iTunes. If you're if you're an iTunes fan, if you're involved in that, please subscribe and give a comment. It doesn't even have to be a comment. Even just a rating would just be fantastic. Rating. Five stars, no, no less than five. Come on, guys, no, no less than five stars. Um, but thanks um, again. We can't begin to tell you how much it means to us. Um, we're we're out on our own and we're dominating life. At ninety minute cynic on Twitter, speaker dot com slash ninety minute cynic, or iTunes. You can search for us um, ninety minute cynic. I'm, every time I get interrupted, go. Apologies, not um, just to say that Brian and myself are doing the um, sleep out at Celtic Park. And if anyone would like to donate, look for us on uh, on Twitter. Um, we're trying to raise money for the Celtic Foundation and for the Invisibles, um, for people that will be uh, homeless in the, the Glasgow area, especially as the, the weather's starting to change now. When Thank is that, you. When is that happening? Um, I think it is the 12th of November, um, but you can donate any time. I um, really appreciate all your support. Yeah, that would be great if you could kind of donate. Um, so it's Keith and Brian. We'll put that up on Twitter. Um Again, we'll just kind of retweet the the links and put something. On, if you do put something on the Ninety Minute Cynic Facebook as well, I will do. Um, yeah, Facebook dot com slash Ninety Minute Cynic. Um, if you could like us, that would be great. Um, yeah, that's us. That's our show this week. Um, and uh, stay tuned for further developments. I'm Chris Gallagher, and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs>
Beautiful heaven hanging over me. Ah. 